hearts. Lord, I pray that this week would not be in vain for eternity, mm-hmm. but Lord, that roots would grow down deep in our spiritual lives, that fruit could bring forth, that our lives could bring forth fruit for the honor and glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I just commit this evening to you. I commit our brother to you and each of our hearts, Lord, as we listen to your word, plant within us your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. You may be seated. Good evening. It's a blessing to be gathered together again. And um, let's, let's sing our theme song. We can get that out. And just, just take a moment and just look over those words and digest them just a moment. Just, just read down through there. Um, every one of those things... You know, is God, and then we're asked to help with some of those things. But, you know, we must never forget that it's God, and it's not me. Let's sing this. He's the oak, and I'm the ivy. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's the oil, and I'm the vessel. I'm the traveler and He's the way. I'm the flower and He's the fragrance. I'm the lamp and He's the flame. He's the words and I'm the music. I'm the bride who takes His name. For a special promise verse tonight, turn to Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. And it reads like this, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Now that says quite a bit. It says that we cannot comprehend. We haven't heard and we haven't seen. And we just really can't comprehend what God is preparing for the, for us. Um, I believe tonight that... Hell will be full of people who had good intentions. There'll be a lot of people in hell who had good intentions. If King Agrippa, if he never repented, he will be there almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Um, A lot of people thought when they got older, they would, they would come to God. There's going to be a lot of people there that's deceived. But the Bible doesn't say really, I don't think the, the Bible would depict to us that there's going to be people in heaven, although there's going to be people who never came to the age of accountability and glory. But for all believers anyhow, I'm not sure how that will all be. But the Bible doesn't say that really that there's going to be people that wake up and think, you know what, I'm... I'm surprised. I I didn't know I was coming to heaven. But the Bible says that there's going to be people that are surprised that they go to hell. The message tonight is not uh, necessarily on the subject of heaven or hell, but let's just read this verse again, okay? Isaiah 64, verse 4. Let's read it together. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for God. I challenge you tonight, as we walk through this life, there's going to be trials. There's going to be hardships. Jesus never promised that it would be easy. In fact, he said there would be difficult times, but he would be with us. 
But he made it very clear that when we are faithful to the end, it'll be worth it. We won't get to heaven and be disappointed. We won't think, it really? You know, in this world, we're disappointed and people let us down and, and things are built up and, and we go to it and we come home and we say, really? That wasn't near as great, but that's not how it's going to be in glory. Um, turn, turn, we're going to turn to a few verses here to begin with for the message. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. And let's read that verse. Tonight, um, tonight I want to conclude and maybe pull some of the messages together a little bit and, um, and, and talk about that we, be, what our appetites are is what we become. Okay? So, so what I feed on, I slowly become like. It's gradual. It's slow. Uh, I, I don't want to really have somebody in mind when I say this, you know, but, but if you have 50 extra pounds, okay, did that just come overnight? Or was it just kind of a, a gradual whatever? Or, you know, if, if, um, if you started to get older, did that just come overnight? Or, no, or, or if, you know, um, if you want to lose weight, usually it doesn't just come overnight. It's kind of a slow process, and and um and it's 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 how it is with our in our walk in this life. Things don't just uh you know things don't just happen bam 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 in the direction that we're going. Often it's just a gradual direction, you know. And our God is an awesome God, and um you know He created the universe. And he created the stars out there. And, you know, if he would have been off of direction just a little bit, do you realize how much of a difference that would make? Um, science says that the closest star to us is 4.3 light years away. Besides the sun. I don't take everything that science says as gospel, but that's what they say. They also tell me that I come from monkeys and that um, there's no God and... And a lot of other things. But, uh, um, you know, they say that the closest star is 4.3 light years away. Okay? Um, and so light travels at 186,000, I believe it's what, 282 to be technical or something like that. 186,282 miles a second. Okay? So if you have a, if you have a, uh, on the way out here, our, our caravan just turned to 200,000 miles. Okay? So, uh, 200,000 miles, that, to go that distance, it would take light basically one second. And it would have traveled that far. And so, when I think about that, so I, I sat down, and you can't do this with a regular calculator, but I thought, well, 4.3 light years, how far would that be? Did you ever hear of our national debt? It's bigger than that. That's how big our national debt is. But our national debt's hidden close to it. Haven't kept up on it. Maybe it's up there now. I don't know. But um, so, so you have to take 186,000, like 282 or whatever those odd numbers there are. So you got to multiply it by 60 seconds to get a minute. Okay? Then you take that and multiply it by 60 minutes to get an hour. And then you take that and multiply that number by 24 to get a day. And then there's 365 and a quarter days in a year. So uh, you have to take it times 365 and a quarter and then times 4.3. That number gets phenomenal. If I have my numbers right, it's 25 trillion miles. That's the closest star that science says to us beside the sun. So we serve an awesome God tonight. And we serve a God that is able. And we serve a God who wants to have a relationship with us. Okay? We are the, we are not, we, Christianity is the only true, for lack of a better term, religion. No other religion is serving a living God. They're a dead God. Most other religions, if not all other religions, 
They're trying to reach up to God. They're trying to appease their God. Our God came to us and gave Himself for us. We don't go to an empty tomb and worship it, do we? No, because our God isn't there. He's alive. And He's in glory. And I love what a, an older friend of mine says. He says that God is in, He is on the throne, He's in control, and He's not even nervous. I like that. He's on the throne, and He's in control, and He's not even nervous. He's not like, what am I gonna do with this Terry Myers guy? He knows what He's gonna do with him, you know? He doesn't, He doesn't say, wow, this Donald Trump took me by surprise. No, He, He knew all about it. And he knows exactly how he's going to handle it and what he's going to do with it. And so I challenge you tonight as, as, as we go through the message to, to think about, is my appetites pointing me towards this wonderful God? Okay, so, uh, Proverbs 15, verse 29. It says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but He heareth the prayer of who? The righteous. The Lord is far. 25 trillion miles is the farthest star, is the closest star besides the sun. I don't know where, how, you know, how do you, where's God? I mean, He's all around us, but I don't know how many miles heaven is or whatever. You know? Yeah, but it says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but He heareth the prayer of the righteous. Proverbs 16 verse 3, just probably over to the page for you. Let's read that verse. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Psalms 107, alright? Um, Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2 and 8 and 9. I think it is a wonderful thing for God's people to praise Him. Okay? When you praise and worship someone, you find it very difficult to be critical of them. Alright? When I praise God for who He is and I glorify Him and I thank Him for all that I have done, what He has done for me, it's really difficult to be critical of Him and say, God, why? When I think of all His blessings. Let's read. Psalms 107, 1 and 2 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is God good tonight? Amen. We can. It doesn't hurt us to say amen. Okay? Is God good tonight? That's right. He is good. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And He says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, let us praise Him. And then in verses 8 and 9 it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul, and this is part of the message tonight, verse 9, For He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. It says He satisfieth the longing soul. And I'm going to challenge you tonight with this, that God is the only person who can satisfy your soul. He is the only person. There is nothing else in this world. And, you know, um, I'm not, you know, if we could talk to Solomon tonight, he would tell us that, okay? In fact, he told us that in his word. He said, I got whatever I wanted. And if, and, you know, we, let's put that in today's term. He would have said something like this. You know, any woman that I wanted, I got. If I wanted Miss America, I got her. If I wanted Miss Universe, I got her. If I wanted a farm, I got it. If I wanted to buy the Green Bay Packers, I bought them. If I wanted 14 new John Deere combines, I just went out and got them. In fact, I just bought the dealership. <laughs> you know, he said, whatever I wanted. He said, whatever I wanted. He said, I just got it. He said, I didn't withhold myself from nothing. If my heart wanted it, I went after it. But at the end, what does he say? Vanity. Fear God 
and keep His commandments. Wow. Tonight we want to talk about um, our appetites and what and what fuels our appetites. And um, here throughout the message, I want to I want to work a illustration here. And um, sometimes it may come across to you as a little bit comical, but I, I want to leave an impression on your mind tonight that you'll never forget. of what our appetites do for us. Turn to Matthew chapter 5 for one of our key verses tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus said this, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In John, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Jesus told the woman at the well, He said, if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I give you, it will quench your thirst. And tonight, I believe sometimes why... I don't believe sometimes. I believe it's always the reason that the reason why sometimes we are not satisfied with the things of God is because we're feeding on things that are not of God. Alright? So, um, you know, when I'm feeding on the things of God, it takes away my appetite for the things of this world. And when I'm feeding on the things of this world, it takes away from my appetite of, of God. And Jesus made that very clear. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. In fact, He said, come out and separate yourself. And He said, don't even touch anything that's unclean. Now, we got some growing to do here. Don't even touch anything that's unclean. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And, you know, and He told Peter, put your sword up. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, He said, my servants would fight. But He said, it's not of this world. We don't fight. We're not fighting for this kingdom. And you know, if you look through Christ's life, most of the time, I don't know if I can say always, but if not, it's very close to all the times, that when He Himself was attacked, He didn't retaliate much, but when His Father was attacked, He spoke out. That's a lesson for us. Do I tend to speak out more for when I'm attacked or for when my father is attacked. I was at work one time, had a a man that was working for me and he was taking Jesus Christ's name in vain. And he did that a couple times and I I just simply said, you know, I know him. And he said, what did you say? I said, I know him. Never said it again while I was there. You know? Does it bother you when you hear people take Christ's name in vain? Your God's name in vain? I wonder sometimes if it bothers God when we take His name in vain and and we say all these vain repetitions and we say we love you and we're willing to whatever and then we just do it our way. Um, The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we need to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. I believe that we have some things in our circles that are weights that we're not willing to lay aside. Jesus said that, that, the, that the strong should bear the infirmities of the weak, but we're, and I'm strong and so you're weak and so I'm going to teach you how to be strong. But that's not what God said. Paul said, I become weak for the weaker brother. But tonight I wanna I wanna I wanna work us through this illustration here tonight that that illustrates uh I think how how things are sometimes in our lives. And um so tonight over here, um we're gonna consider this over here to be the Lord's table. Okay? 
And on the Lord's table, we have some good things. We have bread and we have grapes. We have cheese. We have celery. We have water. And um, those things represent the Lord's table. Now, over here, we have the devil's table. All right. And uh, I used to drink Mountain Dew before I was saved, and then I still do some after, since I've been saved too. But uh, So over here, this is, uh, this is the devil's table. We got Ho-Ho's here, we got Snicker Bar, we got these, and then we got good old Mountain Dew. Okay, and so uh, we're going to let those things represent the things of the devil's kingdom. And we're going to uh, allow these things to represent the things of God's kingdom. Okay, so um, it's, it's really important. I was thinking about this. This is for myself and it's for you. Okay, you've had maybe the spirit has talked to you this week. Okay. But unless you're intentional about it, it won't do any good. We can say, yeah, technology is really whatever, but if we just keep doing what we've been doing, what good does it do us? Or we can say, yeah, I need to pray more, but unless, unless we become intentional. Um, okay, so uh, here we are. We, we, we get saved and we come to the Lord and... And we're sold out to him, and um, we're we're sitting at the at the table, and and we enjoy the things of God. Okay, I mean, we're enjoying eating from God's table. I mean, it's good bread. I mean, there's dry. There's nothing on it. But man, I mean, you don't need nothing on your bread. I mean, I'm just enjoying the bread of life, you know. And and um, you know, and I. Got good old water to drink, and I'm just enjoying the things of God. I mean, and and I uh, I, I enjoy. One of the goals in my life that I have is that I want to surround myself with God's people. I want to go out and reach the world. But my core group of people, I want them to be soldiers of the cross. Okay? I want them to be feeding on the things of God. I don't want them just to look different than the world. I do want them to look different than the world. But I want them to be different than the world. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, you know, I'm with this group of people and and we're feeding on the good things of God and, and, and we're enjoying life and... I'm spending time with the Lord and, uh, you know, but now I, I realize, I mean, I have a flesh and, and I'm in this world and, and I realize that, that these things over here, I realize that they're here. I mean, I'd be a, a lying to say that I never realized that those things are there. And actually, I would be lying to never say that those things look a little peeling sometimes, okay? Because I tell people, uh, sin's fun for a little while, but it brings death. Okay, so that, I mean, uh, you see, when we enter the devil's kingdom, it's, it's more fun up front and then all goes down towards death. But when we enter the God's kingdom, it begins with death and then it's just joy unspeakable and full of glory as we walk with the Lord after that. You see, it's either uphill or downhill. See, it depends on what kingdom we're in. Okay, but so I, I know this kingdom is here. And I mean, there's times that there's no doubt that, that that kingdom looks appealing to me. But, you know, I'm feeding on this table. And so, um, you know, the things on this table, I'm, I'm satisfied. I mean, I have all that I need here. I, my needs are supplies. I have water. I have bread. I have cheese. I have celery. I get. I have you know grapes and and I, I I'm just so satisfied. And 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 we're just rejoicing around this table. And this goes on. This this takes a few years for this process to happen. Okay, but um, as time goes on. Um, I become a little lax in, in spending time with God. You know, not a big deal. Now, please, uh, 
understand some of the sarcasm as I go through this, okay? But, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm still inside the church standard, and I mean, I, I'm still reading, and I'm taking communion every time. I'm still going for revival meetings. Um, but but I'm, not, I'm not feeding as much on the things of God as what I used to. You know, and, and sometimes I almost think that maybe, you know, at the beginning there a little bit, um, maybe I was just a little bit radical, you know? Um, you know, fasting and praying. I mean, I know a lot of other Christians that aren't doing that. And, I mean, I would stop going to some places and, I mean, I... But you know, I it's it I mean I still love the things of God. But I'm not spending as much time at this table as I once was. And then I've been noticing that since I'm not feeding as much from this table, since I'm not reading my Bible quite as much and reading a little bit more of my love romance books or my different things like that, I I've been noticing that um that uh, this table over here looks just a little bit more appealing. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, there, we don't ever want to eat from this table, okay? Never. Never. And, and you know, so, so I come back over to this table, and I mean, I don't really have the time to just sit down anymore. I mean, this is good, but I mean, it wouldn't be bad if we at least had some jelly or something on the top of this, right? I mean, but it's just a Christian life, you know, it's kind of dry. And so another five years go on or so, and I mean, I kind of, you know, I've kept up with the times, and I'm a Russian Mennonite, you know, I rush here and I rush there and I rush over here, you know, and um. You know, and, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm keeping up with the times. And so it's not like I really have a lot of time to just sit down, but, um, I've been like popping a good CD in, like when I'm on my way to work. And that's kind of like when I have my devotions and things. So, I mean, it's going pretty good. I mean, you know, but, um, I've been noticing that, that these things, uh, seem a little more appealing to me than they used to. And, you know, I start to think about this. I think, you know, there's a lot of people at that table. And there's not so many people at this table. Um, to my flesh, this table looks more appealing. To my spirit, the Spirit of God, this table looks more appealing. But, you know, sometimes I wonder... Should I just find out a little bit what's out there a little bit so I, you know, I kind of know what to preach on and, um, you know, what, what kind of things we're facing and, and so, so maybe I should just, you know, uh, maybe I should just see what's it, what the, what's, what's the ingredients of this? Carbonated water. Hey, it's got water. We're supposed to drink what? Six or, well, that's, that's good. Okay, so high fructose corn syrup. Now, that's kind of questionable there a little bit. Here we go. Here we go. Concentrated orange juice right in, right in here. I love orange juice. And so, you know, um, let's see, what percentage is that? How much of this would I need to drink to get my eight ounces of orange juice a day? Um, <laughs> What percentage of this is truth, you know? <laughs> How much of this do I got to drink to get my truth for the day? But, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, concentrated orange juice. So, children, if you want Mountain... <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but, you know, if you want Mountain Dew for breakfast, just tell Mom, it's got orange juice in it. Preacher said it, you know? But, yeah, it's got orange juice in it. So, so you know, I start to think, well, yeah, I mean, it's something that you'd want to be careful with. But, I mean... Water? I mean, I bet you water's the highest percentage of anything in there. I bet you orange juice is, well, orange juice is third or fourth. So, I mean, it made the top three or four of the most things in there. I mean, I mean, sometimes 
you know, I start to think, oh, surely a little bit of this wouldn't hurt me, right? And so I, and I'm just enjoying that water and orange juice just flowing down through my, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and I'm just relishing that orange juice and I'm telling people how I've started a new lifestyle. I'm drinking orange juice for morning, in the morning, you know, and, 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 and not realizing really what I'm doing. Now, oh, that's right. Um, I was, ah, I was never going to get involved with those things, was I? Um, well, it didn't. It actually tasted kind of good and, and doesn't really seem to have bothered me. So, I mean, now another five years passes and, and, um, cause this takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. This is a, this is a, this could, this can be a 30 year process here, okay? And I've been noticing a few things that, that I kind of almost seems like to me that there's more life at this table than there is at this table. These people over here, they're a little bit, mm, a little bit straight, you know. And um, now this table over here, I mean, you know, now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, I, I don't agree with everything that's on this table. But, you know, I mean, I will have to say that some of these, you know, there are some good things on this table. Water, orange juice, um. And so, as time goes on, and another thing I, I really am getting confused. This is in our churches, but we're having a hard time telling what's black and what's white. We are. And I'm starting to feel that way. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm getting kind of weary because I'm going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to this table. And so I think, you know, how could I change this so that um, it would be better that, you know, and then I get a brilliant idea. You know what? The reason why I'm weary and why I'm kind of torn between the two like this, because the tables are too far apart. Oh. Well, yeah, I don't know why somebody didn't think about this before I did, but, you know, um, we need to bring these tables a little closer together here, you know, and, um, and, you know, and, and wow, that brings me relief for a while. And, um, some other things that I've been noticing as, as I've been leaving this table and going to this table, I tell you what, I can pray like I never prayed before. And praising God, I mean, we should do that. We read that the night, but, you know, and I, you know, I've been starting to have a little guilt in my heart, and so to replace that, I've been praising the Lord. I've been wearing shirts that have messages on them and, and all these different kinds of things, you know, because I'm feeling a little guilty in my heart, and i got to make up for this somehow. And so, I, 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 tell, I tell you what, I cut it straight. I tell people at this table how it is. I tell them unless they're not saved, they're going to hell. I've noticed that they don't really care for it so much. And um, I, I, I have less and less desire to come to this table. I mean, dry bread when you could have a, you know, a ho-ho. And so, now, all through life I, I have wanted to be careful. You know, remember, I, I, just like we always said, you know, we didn't, we never wanted to go there. But, you know, times are kind of changing and, now I'm not going to say that the people over at that table aren't saved, okay? I'm not going to say that. But they seem a little dead. They seem sort of out of touch with society. And, um, I mean, I, I mean, I am, I am putting all my effort forth to, uh, to be careful that I don't get too involved with this table, you know. And, um, and, I mean, we definitely want to moderate it. I mean, the things on this table, I, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, if I was honest, there would have been a time that I probably wouldn't have ate anything on this table. But, you know, since I've grown in the Lord, uh, things I would have to say that things on this table at one time would have bothered me. Like, watching sex scenes and things like that. But, you know, I, I've kind of become used to some things like that. And, um... You know, indecency and different things. It just, it just doesn't affect me like it used to. It used to bother me. But, you know, since I have kind of been building this new relationship with God, I've kind of learned that, you know, we don't want to be too critical and too judgmental. And I forgot that verse that a righteous man judgeth all things, but um, oh, that's right. Um, one thing that we always want to be careful with at this table is is that we moderate it. Okay? Now, I know the Bible says that we mortify it. Right? Doesn't that, isn't that what, that's what Jesus said, right? I'd like to look that up in the Greek and see what that means, you know? Uh, I wonder if he really meant that. You know... Um, yeah, Jesus said mortify sin, but I've kind of started to moderate it in my life. Now, I want to make it to heaven, and, 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 and so I want to be careful, so, so I, I kind of come back to these things here, and, and I kind of, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, but, Just over this 15-year period of time, I've noticed that it seems like I have almost more of a hunger for this table than I do for this table. Now I'm getting a little older, and I'm getting—I'm I'm really confused now. I'm like, who's saved and who isn't? I mean, it was—it was clear to me one time that. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But you know, I've learned to know some people that are good people. And yeah, they don't believe that Jesus is the only way, but could could there be another way? I don't know. It just I, I, I wish God would have just made things clear in his word, you know? It seems like years ago things was a lot more clear and I am so weary and Ah, these tables are too far apart. Need to bring this a little closer. And so now another five or ten years go on, and and um, you know, I mean, thing, things. Am I satisfied? No. Do I do I think I'm still going to heaven? I think so. Um. Hmm. But now I find myself, you know, it used to be that I'd say no to these things, but, you know, everybody needs a vacation once in a while. And so, you know, uh, sometimes I just take a vacation from the righteousness of God. And I just kind of say, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the pleasures of sin for A little while. Let me ask you a question. Can a godly man take a vacation from the righteousness of God? Absolutely not. And I want to clarify all these things. I'm making a point that what can happen in our lives, okay? How we deceive ourselves. A righteous man never takes a vacation on righteousness, even if he's on vacation. So, yeah, I I, I go through life now. I'm you know I I was born again like twenty years ago now, and a lot of things have changed and. A lot of people that associate with me are really confused too. They, you know, and, and something else that's really frustrating to me is, I mean, I, I, I just seem to fit in nowhere. Okay? 
when I when I come to this table, I just you know I mean these guys are so straight laced and and um you know and wow I mean would would Jesus really be like that and um mm. but then when I come over here you know I mean I see some really far out things here that I don't really feel comfortable with I mean wow I, I mean I. I mean, yeah, I got some friends that are homosexual or divorced and remarried, but I mean, they're nice people. I mean, and I mean, I, yeah, I mean, those things probably aren't the best, and so I, I yeah. Now, me spending time alone with God now has kind of, um, kind of. Sunday morning at church. I've kind of gravitated on to a more church that's more up with the times. You know? And, um... You know, we we have to help the Spirit get here instead of the Spirit being here when we come. Things like that. Um... It seems like I'm I'm really unsatisfied. Sometimes I just think, what is right and what's wrong? What is truth? It seems like 20, 25 years ago, things were so much more clearer to me. But now, wow, it just seems like, maybe it's because I'm a little older and my eyes are a little weaker or something, but uh, it just seems like it's so hard for me to say, well... Yeah, is that wrong? I mean, I know, I mean, we never went to the movies, but I mean, I've been watching them at home and and now my children want to go to the movie theater and I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I watch the same movie at home that they want to watch at the theater and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess we'll just do that because, you know, to fight and battle all the time isn't isn't the answer. So I know years ago things like that was more black and white, but I mean, now it's just, ah, where is God anyhow? I mean, so time goes on and. I mean, remember, I want to make it to heaven. In fact, I'm, I'm planning on making it to heaven. It's not really that I enjoy the things of God. I kind of put up with them. Do you ever realize that the only thing that's going to be in heaven are the things that God loves? And now is the time that I fall into love with the things that God loves. Okay? Some people don't like being around Christian people. It's only the people's going to be in heaven. <laughs> Christian people, you know. Um, so, yeah. And so time goes on, and now I'm starting to, you know, I'm. It just, it just seems like I'm getting a little older and a little more soft, and I get weary easier, and so you know, I, I decide that. You know, the tables are, are too far apart. Used to be I was really careful with things that I did with my life and things that I watched. And I tell you what, that was a battle. But since I haven't been feeding on the things of God and, and I've been feeding more on these things, that battle has slowed down. And the reason why it slowed down is is because now I'm just doing it. You see? It's not because I'm right. It's not because it's okay, but I've convinced myself that it's okay. You know, and... You know, it, it used to be that... I don't know, it just seems like today that things are just so different than they used to be. And sometimes I wish we could just go back to the old ways and have it the way it was back then when we knew what was right and what was wrong. And it just seems like 
maybe I need a different version of the Bible to understand it. You know, maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Um, ah, I don't know. But most of the time now, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to figure out and get my wisdom from here. Okay? I used to go to here, but now I go here. And I tell you what, this used to be more uniform, but when I sat around this table with all these friends, I tell you what, when I leave, my head's just spinning. Because this guy thinks this, and this guy thinks that, and this woman thinks that, and this friend thinks this. And when I ask a question, they just sometimes look at me like, what? And so, I've been thinking about this too. Um, what would Jesus do if he was here? Um, I don't know. Um, so, you know, this, I go on in this for a few years and then I get another brilliant idea. Would I feel more comfortable if I would just move it all onto one table? Because because now I can go places and do things and I can kind of reach out to those people while I'm there and you know, maybe maybe this deal at two tables is just not for me. And this eases my conscience for a, a while. So now we're another 25 or, you know, we're 25, 30 years down the road now and I don't know. I mean, I've now came to the understand that maybe Jesus isn't the only way. I'm so confused. And so I do this for a while. And then I get one last brilliant idea. Todd, there really doesn't need to be two plates, does there? in my thinking. So I think, oh, well, yeah. We'll just bring the world into our home, whatever that might be. We'll just bring the world into the church, whatever that might be. Um, You know, the Bible says that without holiness, no man is going to see God. I don't know when the last time is I heard that preached at a sermon, at a, a funeral. Been a while. Have I ever? Have I? We say, boy, you must be born again. That's true. But it says without holiness, no man will see God. I guess I'm whole because it's all right here on one plate. And, um, you know, my life is just confusion. I mean, I eat a little bit of this. I wash it down with this. You know, and... I'm not really going to church that much anymore. I enjoy it. Boy, there's a couple guys that really lay it out on Sunday morning. I watch on TV. I mean, I mean, they lay it. I tell you what, they lay it out straight. You know, and so I, I listen to them some. And, uh, I got a few rock groups that sing a few good songs, and I, I kind of listen to them. And, I, you know, I mean, just... You know, so it's not like I, you know, it's not like I'm, 
You know what I mean. I'm not sure what I do mean. I'm so confused. Um, Brothers and sisters, tonight, when we try to mix the two kingdoms, that's what our life looks like. Confusion. You know, when Jesus said, you can't do something, he meant that. When he said, you can't mix the two kingdoms, he meant that. When he said, you can't serve two masters, he meant that. You know, and you say, well, it's not that I don't, okay, it's not that I don't love the things of God, I just love a few other things. So, um, let's, let me ask you this question. If you was at work, and um, there was a man there that you worked with, wasn't from your church, but just a man that professed to know the Lord, and he started saying some things like this. He would say, I tell you what, I have got a wonderful wife. I mean, she loves me. Oh, she loves me. Oh, she loves me. I'm so blessed. And I love her. Um, and we're, we're, we are together till life does us part. I mean, we, 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 we are going to be together. And you know, I am so thrilled because, you know, out of all the millions of men that my wife could have married, she only loves me and one or two other men. You say, what? How would you like it, men, if it was... Yeah, you were kind of the main one, but there was a couple other men that your wife had a spark for. Um, We'd say, that can't be. But that's what we say with God. I love God with all my heart. Now, I mean, there's a couple things, you know... Sort of like the man who said, he said, if you had two farms, would you give one for the Lord? And the guy said, yeah, oh yeah, he said, I'd do that. He said, how about if you had two trucks, would you give one for the Lord? And the guy said, oh yeah, no problem. He said, how about if you had two pigs? And the guy said, now listen, you know that I only have two pigs. You see? Now when it comes to where I want to whatever. I was reading in a David Berceau book, and he gave this phenomenal illustration. He said that he and his wife had fought, had started this deal where they would do microloans to people in another country, where they could um, they were very poor, and so these people could take a microloan. You know, it's not always best just to give people something, you know. So they could take this microloan, and then they could buy a sow, and then they could. Um, have pigs from this sow, and then they could sell the pigs, and then they could sell back, pay back this micro loan, and and they they would have you know meat to eat, and they would have food, money to buy food, and and so it was a good, it was really a good plan, and and so they decided that they would fly over there and just kind of check it out, and it was working pretty good, and and the man that was taking them around, he said, I got an interesting story to tell you. He said, um. He said, you know, um, we had a brother in our church and he had one of these microloans from you and they had gotten this sow and and um, this, this sow didn't seem to be able to have babies. And oh, I'm sorry, no, this, this sow became, yeah, she became pregnant. And, um, and so, but while she was pregnant, she got really sick. And... Um, she got really sick and uh he came to the church. He said we nobody had money to go to the vet or to have the vet come out or probably wasn't even a vet and we didn't have money for medicine or anything. So he came to the church and he said, Brothers, could we just pray that God would heal my sow so that 
we can pay this loan back and we can feed our family. And so he said the brother started to pray. And, and this brother said, you know, he said, if God heals this pig, he said, when she has babies, I will give one of those to the church. And we can sell it. And we can have money. And, and the church prayed. And, and God healed the sow. Went on for another month or two, and each as it got close, this guy would go out excitedly each morning to see if the baby pigs were there, and um, they wasn't. And finally, one morning, he went out, and there was this beautiful litter of pigs there nursing on that sow. You know, sometimes it's easier to say something, and it's a little harder to fulfill it. Ever notice that? It's easy to sit in revival meetings and say, I'm going to start praying more. But to actually go do it, I find it's a little more difficult. In fact, that's not even honest. It's, it's much more difficult. So, I thought, well, praise the Lord. And um, this, this man looked at these pigs a little bit and he looked around. And all of a sudden, he became alarmed. And he said, Margaret, come here! She said, what's wrong? I needed to out die. He said, no, just come here. And he said, Margaret went out there and this man was standing there with tears running down his cheeks. And he said, here was this litter of pigs. Over there in the weeds was a dead one. And he said, Margaret... The Lord's pig died. And you know, he never gave a pig to the church because the Lord's pig died. You know, and David said, my wife and I thought about that story for years. And we thought, what a hypocrite. But he said about ten years later, he said, we were at home. And he had some pretty definite ways that he spent time with the Lord. And he said, we'd love to put puzzles together. And, and he said, one night, one night, uh, we were putting puzzle together and it was going pretty good. And me and my son, we decided we wanted to finish this thing. And whew, all of a sudden we looked at the clock and it was 11 o'clock. And we said, well, guess we'll just go to bed for tonight. Won't have time for God tonight. And he said, from 10 or 11 years earlier, the Spirit of God spoke. And he said, so my pig died? And he said, it's so convicted. You know, it was so convicting that, you know, we look at that man and we say, how? Our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Well, I don't want to leave any doubt in your mind tonight that God wants our all. He doesn't just want one of our pigs. He wants to have availability to all of them. He, you know, and we, we, we're afraid that God's going to take all of our pigs. He doesn't necessarily do that. If He does, it's, it's His will, but... You know, why are we afraid of God when we know He's the best thing we got? And He'll do the best for us. But I tell you what tonight, brothers and sisters, what we feed on, what you feed on throughout the rest of your time here in Wisconsin is going to determine which direction you and this church goes. This will not work. I can guarantee you. I can also guarantee you
I can also guarantee you that this will. Does that make sense? If you feed from this table all the time, no vacations, no, well, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you feed from this table. Um, mothers, when Johnny comes in for supper at 5 o'clock and it's 4.30 and he comes in and says, can I have a candy bar? What do you say? Or what should you say? Uh, you say, what? Say it, mothers. Why don't you say it? What do you say? Do you say yes or no? Why do you say no? It'll what? Spoil your appetite. Brothers and sisters, tonight, I have no other advice than to say that the way that you spoil your appetite for this is to feed on this. Okay? There's no other way. You feed on this, and I guarantee you, it'll take away your appetite for this. You'll have to start trying to pull the tables together. You'll have to try to do all kinds of things. I want to lay aside every weight and the sin that so doth easily beset me. And I want to run with patience. You know, a swimmer in the Olympics will shave his legs, will do everything possible that he can to be able to slide through that water with the least restriction that he can. And he does that so that he can receive a gold medal. Would you be willing to do that? So that you could receive a crown of life. That you would do anything you possibly can. Every weight. You know, if something's weighting you down and holding you back, get rid of it. If you're feeding on the wrong thing, stop. And start feeding on the right. Wow, it's, it's so basic. For our last reference, let's turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, he's coming to the end of his life. We know these verses, they're very common verses. Verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Judges chapter 2. Verse 10. Remember what they said? And also all that generation, talking about the leaders that was with Joshua, were gathered unto their fathers, and there rose another generation of them after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. One generation. It went from God to nothing. One generation. Not one child. Not one rebe- But a nation. A church. A denomination. It went from saying we will serve God to the next generation did not even know God. Wow. Somebody was feeding from the wrong table. A whole lot of people was. Let's pray. Father, tonight, Your Word is so clear. Lord, You are not a God of confusion. You are a God of light and darkness. It is not You that has confused the sight. It is us. We have been lax in serving some of your commandments. 
We have been lax in obeying some of your commandments. We have said that it's more important to obey some and not have to be so careful in others. We have done that too often. And because of that, we have become weak and unstable and foolish sometimes in our actions. God, I pray for each one of these precious souls here tonight. Lord, I have found myself feeding at the wrong table far too often. God, I want to surround myself with the armor of God and with God's people. So that when I go out to war and I go out to bring people in, that I have that army that's fighting with me and for me. Forgive me, God, for when I fought against the army instead of against the enemy. Forgive us, God. Help us. Help us to walk in your ways. Lord, I just... I just pray for your spirit to be here. I pray that the powers of Satan would be held back, would be driven out. I pray that any direction that is not right in this church, that you would cause us to repent and change direction. Not just an angle. God, all the directions that this congregation is going right in, help them to hold to those. Help them to have a death grip on those things. God, I don't know what all those things are, but you do. You know what this church is going to face. Thank you that you are in control. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.